This is Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. I'm Mark Berry. This week on Top Shelf, Emmanuel Sequera talks with the Huddle Instat Forward of the Week, Luke Chakrabarty of the Creston Valley Thundercats. He also chats with Lucas Sedonik of the Princeton Posse. Mark Berry, that's me, I discuss all eight first-round playoff series. Lucas Sedonik was named Defenseman of the Year in the Bill Olhausen division. Emmanuel talks with him next. Sedonik to Junik. Here's Russell. Now Sedonik has a lane with a shot. Scores! I'm speaking with Lucas Sedonik, defenseman for the Princeton Posse. Lucas, welcome to Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, Lucas, congratulations on being named the top defenseman for the Bill Olhausen division. What does it mean for you to get that honor? Uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, to be recognized by uh, my peers as one of the top defensemen. I take a lot of pride in my game and how I play. So it's, uh, yeah, it's cool to be named that. How do you feel that you play this season for the team? I thought I started pretty hot. It was a pretty good season overall for myself personally, and I felt like I gave us a good chance to win and helped the guys out, the younger guys in the room. And I feel like I was pretty consistent for the most part. I had a, a small hiccup there for a little bit in January, but I feel like I bounced back and, and stuck with my game well. Coming into the season, were there any areas of your game that you were focused on wanting to make yourself better at? Oh, I think it was just being uh, more confident. Staying confident keeps you consistent for the most part, and I thought as long as I could try and stay as positive uh, for myself, and uh, just be more poised with the puck, be a leader for the group. I think that was what I figured would be a big group or a big part of my game uh, coming into this year to help us succeed. And I, I thought I did a pretty good job of that. You're one of the assistant captains on the team. How was that role kind of motivated you to help your team have success? I think I, I've been an assistant captain for two years now, and it's been uh, something I felt pretty confident in, and I've, I've settled into a role pretty well. But I think. Uh, you know, sometimes I feel like I might harp on the guys a little too much or they uh, can give it back to me. and That's totally fine. Uh, I feel like it, it helps us out in ways inside the locker room that uh, help us on the ice. The team is getting ready to play Kelowna in the first round of the playoffs. How does the group feel going into the first round? Uh, I think we're playing pretty good. We've had uh, a lot of interdivision games here to end the season. So I feel uh, pretty confident going into it. And I think as long as we stick to our game, we'll be, uh, we'll be set and ready to go. Because what are some of the things that you, you guys liked about the way that you played to finish up the regular season? We worked on playing a whole complete game, 60 minutes, and, and working as a five-man unit, defensively and offensively, getting everyone involved. I think we, uh, we really worked well on those and started incorporating that more into our game. And I think if we can stick to that, it'll help us out in the postseason. That's Lucas Sedonik, defenseman for the Princeton Posse. Lucas, thanks for joining me on Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. Thank you. The Huddle Instat Forward of the Week is Luke Chakrabarty of the Creston Valley Thundercats. Last week, he contributed eight points, including five goals and three assists in two games. Max Chakrabarty, also from the Thundercats, was named Defenseman of the Week. He put up seven points. Carl Sonoff of the Nelson Leafs is the top goaltender of the week. The Danish hockey product is 6-2, and two, since joining the club in January. Last week, he posted wins over Castlegar and Beaver Valley, stopping 53 of 56 shots. The next shift network, Young Gun, is Gabe Bergeron. 
of the Sycamus Eagles. He put up a brilliant performance against Revelstoke last week, a 2-1 loss. He stopped 54 of 56 shots. Still to come, I'll talk about the first-round playoff matchups. But before we do that, Luke Chakrabarty from the Creston Valley Thundercats. We've got about seven and a half minutes in, and we've got three goals already. Couple in quick succession for Max. One for Bowman, and here comes Max's brother Luke leading the rush with a shot off, oh. and he scores! Oh my goodness, Luke Chakrabarty off the back or mask of Torkowski. Tokars walks in, looks for Luke back door, and he scores! Morrison saucers that back to the line. Singer in the middle. Chakrabarty scores! Connor Hanna didn't get that tip quite as deep as he wanted it. Stolen by Luke Chakrabarty. Luke goes wide and he scores! I'm speaking with Luke Chakrabarty of the Creston Valley Thundercats. Luke, welcome to Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. Thank you for having me. We spoke earlier this season. Uh, how have you been? I've been good. We strung together a few wins, so uh, been in a good mood. Team's morale's been pretty good lately, so... We're, uh, we're in high spirits here heading into playoffs. Luke, uh, you were named the top forward uh, for the final week of the regular season. You had uh, eight points in two games. Talk about what was it like to get recognized like that for that performance? Uh, it's pretty cool. You know, uh, I had it earlier this year, but, you know, I think it was really cool being on it with Max. Um, you know, it said Chakrabarty Bros and Sonif. So that I think that was pretty cool. My uh, my grandma reached out. She She loved it. So that was... That's a pretty cool thing to see. You know, it's awesome getting to play with him um, and to be recognized together like that is it's something pretty cool. Talk about that game. I mean, like, how did you feel that you played and what were the things that you did well that allowed you guys to put up those type of numbers? Uh, yeah, we came out firing on all cylinders. You know, we uh, we wanted to forecheck hard and make their D make mistakes. We know that goalie is a good goalie, but he sees a lot of shots. So we wanted to shoot the puck early. We had a goal of getting 50 shots that game. And I think we had 55. So we just, you know, we, we, we had a game plan going into the game about what to do and how to beat them. And, and we executed to perfection and uh, definitely showed up on the scoreboard. You know, good things happen when you put pucks on that. And that was kind of what our game plan was. So yeah, it worked. You've had a few multi-point games this season. That was your first seven-point game. I mean, what was it like to put up that many points? It was pretty fun. Uh, I can't lie. I know I was all smiles all night. I think we were one off from the the record of points in a night. I think it was eight, and we had we Max and I both had seven. But you know that was it was pretty fun. We were like just we were we were having fun out there. We were making tape tape passes. We were our cycle game was going. We were moving our feet, and pucks were going in the net. It was just I don't know. It was one of those nights where. You're working for it, but things are going your way. It was uh, everything was clicking, and uh, it was fun. It was a good, good night, good game. Pretty uh, packed crowd too. Uh, we don't usually get a lot of fans on a Tuesday, but uh, we were we had a great showing. You know, it looked pretty full. The fans were getting loud on every goal. You know, throughout the whole night, so it was a lot of fun. How would you assess the way that you played this season for the team? I played well. I think I I definitely did my role. You know, when we got back or. Uh, I had the same roles last year where I had to be the guy that got us on the scoreboard. And I, there was definitely a, a little, uh, a few games stretch there where I was not like struggling, but like I, I wasn't really doing as well as I should have been. Yeah. We, my line, uh, Nikolai Morrison and Tyson Tokar, you know, we got together and we were just like, we gotta, if we want to win, we got to get going. And, and so that's what we did. And we started, uh, 
fill in net like we were supposed to be and we got that chemistry that we felt we were lacking and we started talking more on the ice and we figured it out and um yeah it's it's fun you know it like I I had a great season but I owe a lot of it to those two they battled they got me the puck they did their jobs just as much as I did mine so yeah like I I thought I had a great season but so did those two and I think that uh they should be recognized as well uh, you mentioned to me that you're a superstitious person. So, what are what are your the superstitious things that you do before, to to like get yourself ready? I I so I do the same thing um, before every single game. You know, from the moment I wake up, we got morning skate. Like we go to morning skate, I do the same thing, and then after we break down, I go shoot one puck and get off the ice. Like we get home, I eat. I eat in the same spot every day. I try to use like the same fork and bowl. Like I'm, it's just everything from the moment I wake up's got to be the exact same. I get to the rink at the same time. I shower at the same time. I tape my stick at the same time. I could write down a whole list of everything I do. I have it memorized in my head. It's from the moment I wake up to the moment I step on the ice is, is mapped out to the minute it works for me. So I never stray from it. And, uh, for me, it's being in that right mental state where when things go your way, it's going to keep going your way. And, and just being in a routine and um, being comfortable in that routine helps me a lot and being prepared for the game. Isn't that stressful? To me, no. I can see how it is. But I was taught by my coach in like when I was 14 or 15 that um, having a routine helps. And, and so I tried it and it worked. And so ever since, I've just kind of stuck to that same routine and like I said, it, it, it gets me ready for the game. And, and if, if other people like to be loose before the game, then that's that's up to them. It's to each their own. But for me, I just think that having a routine is, is what helps me and what keeps me prepared. And so that's what I stick to. That's Luke Chakrabarty of the Crescent Valley Thundercats. Luke, thanks for joining us on Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. Thanks again for having me. Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast continues I'm Mark Berry, and we're going to take a look at all eight playoff series, uh, talk a little bit about each one, uh, just my two bits on what I think is going to happen in the first round of the playoffs. I'm not going to pick how many games each team's going to win or whether they're going to take this series. I'm just going to talk about some of the numbers that uh, stand out for me. Let's start off in the Yeti Mountain Division. Fernie Ghost Riders taking on the Creston Valley Thundercats. Fernie finished first in the Yeti Mountain with a record of 29-11-3-1. Good for 62 points. Creston Valley fourth. 21-18-4-1, good for 47 points. On paper, you look at this and you say, okay, it should be uh, Fernie's no problem. But when you look at the two teams head-to-head, Creston's record against Fernie this season, 3-3, three and three, Fernie 3-1-2 against the Creston Valley Thundercats. Both teams going into the playoffs looking pretty strong. Creston with probably their best uh, 10 games of the season, their final 10 of the regular season. They finished 7-3 and three in their final 10, whereas Fernie's been strong for a couple of months now, 6-3-1 and one in their last 10. And when you look at the two teams on the power play, special teams could be a big factor with these two teams. With uh, Fernie head-to-head against Creston this year, their power play operating at 30%. Creston's against Fernie, 27%. So when you look at those two teams, boy, you don't want to take penalties if you're playing each other. And that should be a series. It'd be interesting to see what happens on the power play. Might be a bit of a concern for Creston, their penalty kill. 
under 80% on the season, so that's kind of a number to look out for. But anytime you've got players like Luke Chakrabarty, Max Chakrabarty, Nikolai Morrison, you always are a threat to score. For Fernie, watch out for Taylor Haggerty and Eric Martin. Goaltending for the two teams, solid, particularly for for Fernie, but Cantini has looked good all season long as well. That one's going to be a hard one to call. Fernie, of course, the favorite, but don't count out Creston. Also in the Eddie Mountain Division, uh, Kimberly, who finished second with a record of 29-13-2, good for 60 points, takes on Columbia Valley, the Rockies, 25-14-3-2, good for 55 points. You've got two very good teams there. Uh, Kimberly versus Columbia Valley this season, their record 3-3, three and three, Columbia Valley 3-2-1. However, Kimberly, since Christmas, is 2-0 and oh against Columbia Valley. And uh, when you look at the two teams head-to-head on the power play, uh, Kimberly with the advantage, 26% versus Columbia Valley's 13%. That's head-to-head. Kimberly on special teams looks very, very good. Their power play, 23.8%. Their penalty kill, 87.6%. Columbia Valley... Their power play, not as effective as they'd like it, just operating around 15%. Their penalty kill, respectable at 82%. So when you look at those two teams, uh, Mulligan's going to have to step up for uh, Columbia Valley. And you're going to get great goaltending out of Glenn and Jack Kubowski. They have all season. For Kimberly, boy, I tell you, they've got some guns there. Tristan Wheel, Parker Konecki, Kate Laskowski, and Riley Lancia, who was just picked up at the trade deadline. And again, great goaltending from Kimberly. So that's going to be a very, very good series in the Eddy Mountain. Let's switch over to the Neil Murdoch division. Beaver Valley taking on Castlegar. Beaver Valley finishing first in the division, 32-9-3, good for 67 points. Castlegar uh, finishing fourth, 20, 19, 3, and 2. Castlegar off to a great start, kind of tailed off at the later stages of the season, and we'll get into that in just a moment. That's why I think Beaver Valley is going to take this series. Their record against Castlegar this year, 4-1-1, and Castlegar 2-4 and against Beaver Valley. And really, you have to look at one area, and that tells you the story. Uh, Beaver Valley, their last 10 games of the regular season, 7-1-2, and good for 800. Castlegar tailing off at the end of the season, 2-6-2, that's 300 hockey. So Castlegar, got to be concerned about Castlegar. They're going to need top-level goaltending, and they're going to need some offense from uh, players like Gamble. Beaver Valley, they get their scoring right across the board, but expect uh, Ole Clement and uh, Roan Crow to really stand out for Beaver Valley. Beaver Valley, their power play at uh, 24.6% on the season, 83.9% on the penalty kill. Castlegar's penalty kill, decent, over 80%. Their power play, not what they'd like it to be. And the series that I think is going to be the series of the first round, Grand Forks and Nelson. Grand Forks finished second, 28-11-3 and 2, good for 61 points. They were 10 up on Nelson, 24-17-2 and 1. Uh, head-to-head, Grand Forks with the edge, four wins, two losses, and of course Nelson 2 and 4. They haven't played each other since December 16th. And when you look at the two records going into the playoffs, boy, I tell you, they look good uh, going into the playoffs. Uh, seven, two, and one. Both teams, their last 10 games going to the playoffs. Nelson looking particularly good in the last month. They're getting in 
incredible goaltending from uh, Sonoff, uh, good offense from Nelson. But you look at Grand Forks, and they still have players that can put the puck in the net, and they have got solid goaltending. I expect this series to go the full seven, and I can't tell you who's going to come out on top. Let's head over to the Bill O'Hausen division, where it'll be Princeton taking on Kelowna. Princeton with a record of 35-8-1, good for 71 points. And, of course, they took the President's Trophy with the best record in the uh, KIJHL. They take on the Kelowna Chiefs, and Kelowna's record 16-24-3-1, good for 36 points. Really looks like it's no contest when you look at those kind of numbers. Princeton with a record of 5-1 and one against Kelowna this season. Uh, Princeton looking good in almost all categories. Their power play, respectable. When you compare where their power play was last year, their power play up over 20%. Their penalty kill very, very good at 86.3%. That's one good thing about the Kelowna Chiefs, their penalty kill at over 84%. When you look at these two teams, how the two teams have headed into the playoffs, uh, Kelowna... 4-5-1, good for 450 hockey. Princeton with the best record in the final 10 games, 9-1. They are a plus 112 goal differential, and they've allowed less than 100 goals against this season. It's going to be very, very tough to beat out uh, Princeton. But the players to watch, I think, are going to be uh, Anmol Garcha, Junik, Horiachka, Morrow, Russell, and I think for... Uh, Kelowna, uh, Matt Kaler, and you know what? Uh, Brendan Smith might be able to steal a game. He's had a good season, good respectable numbers, 9.08. But you've got Hawko, you've got Sittler for Princeton. I think it's this Princeton series. North Okanagan takes on Soyuz, and North Okanagan with a record of 18.22 and 4, good for 42 points. Uh, that's not even 500 hockey. A Soyuz, 16.24 and 4. 36 points for 09 hockey. So you look at the two and you wonder who's going to come out on top. North Okanagan head to head against the Soyuz, 4 and 2. Soyuz, 2, 3, and 1 against North Okanagan. Really, I think the difference is going to come down to the power play. I think the power play special teams is going to be what I think could possibly win this for North Okanagan. Their power play operating at 26.1%, their penalty kill at 81.4%, and head-to-head, their power play against Soyuz was at 33% during the course of the season in the six games they played. Soyuz, their power play, 16%. Their penalty kill, less than 80%. So I think that's going to be an area to watch. North Okanagan heading into the playoffs were 6-4. and four. Soyuz was 4-4-2. So that could be a good series. North Okanagan maybe with a slight edge. In the Doug Burks division, Revelstoke taking on Chase. Revelstoke head-to-head against Chase this year, 6-0. Chase 0-5-1 against Revelstoke. Uh, You look at these two teams and you look at where Revelstoke is in the standings. Revelstoke 34-8-1-1. Good for 70 points. Whereas Chase... 12-29-3, 12-29-3, they just limped into the playoffs with 27 points. They've got a big hill to climb against Revelstoke. Uh, heading into the playoffs, Revelstoke's record, their final 10 games, 8-1-1. That's 8-50 hockey. Chase, 3-7. and seven. The goal differential, you look at the goal differential through the course of the season between these two teams, plus 110 for Revelstoke, 
minus 69 for Chase. The big thing for Chase is where are they going to get goals? Revelstoke allowed just 83 goals over 44 games in the regular season, less than two goals against. Revelstoke is a hard team to score against, especially when you've got those goaltenders, Kachaslo and Adler. They have been absolutely incredible. Their combined save percentage this season, 931. Then you've got players that can put the puck in the net. You've got Ashton, Brunswick, you've got Rechka. Uh, it's... Uh, it's, it's a big hill for Chase to climb. Another good series is going to be in the Doug Burks division. It'll be Kamloops and Sycamus. Kamloops 3-2-1 against Sycamus this year. Sycamus 3-3 three three against Kamloops. Uh, this one's going to be a hard one to, to decide. It all depends whether or not Sycamus can find the back of the net. Somewhere along the line in the last few weeks, they have, they have had a difficulty putting the puck in the back of the net, and that's really showed in their slide as they were the odds-on favorite about a month ago to finish first in the KIJHL. Kamloops, their game has started to come together. Uh, they've been playing very good hockey in the last month. Their last 10 games, 7-2-1 versus 4-6 and six for Sycamus. You look at the power plays, Sycamus still with a very potent power play, 21.3%, a good penalty kill at 84.4%. Kamloops, their power play 17.8 percent that's okay and their penalty kill very good at 86.1 percent ryan larson evan clark and then of course uh the goaltending is just absolutely incredible in kamloops averaging 927 for sycamus you've still got hayden evans you still got owen dewitt you got daniel croon and you've got good goaltending in sycamus averaging at 903 so sycamus comes ready to play this could be a different series head to head on the power play though kamloops 14 percent uh sycamus seven percent so neither team really being able to exact anything on each other. You look at those two teams, goal differential through the course of the season, pretty similar, plus 65 for Kamloops, plus 64 for Sycamus. So this one could be an interesting series. It could go either way based on the last few weeks. you got to be a little bit uh, more encouraged if you're the Kamloops Storm. So that's the playoffs in the first round, and we'll see uh, how everything pans out uh, as everything gets underway this weekend. <laughs> Our thanks this week to the KIJHL broadcasters, in particular Dawson McFarlane and Eric Blow. KIJHL Director of Communications, Emmanuel Sequera, Creston Valley Thundercat, Luke Chakrabarty, and Princeton Posse defenseman, Lucas Sedonik. I was just checking around Spotify and I saw that Steve has a new episode of the Chase Heatwaves podcast out, his first playoff edition. You can find it on Spotify. We'd also like to recognize Next Shift Network and Flow Hockey, which brings our players closer to their families and friends back home. I'm Mark Berry. This is Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. We're back in seven days. <laughs>